When it comes to wings, everyone knows size does matter. No one knows it better than Wings Etc. Grill and Pub in Niles. Wings Etc. has the biggest, meatiest, award-winning jumbo wings in town. Choose from a wide selection of signature wing sauces, including our crazy hot habanero wall sauce. If you love wings and a whole lot more, come to Wings Etc. Niles to watch your favorite sports all year long. Wings Etc. Niles, official game fuel for high school sports. Find us at 2008 South 11th Street in Niles or online at wingsetc.com. For the best in high school sports, RC Sportscast. Welcome to the RC Sportscasting Podcast, Football Coaches Corner Edition. I am your host, Rob Klingerman, as we are coming to you live from Wings, etc. here in Niles, Michigan. For our weekly show, it is week six, actually heading into week seven, as we will talk to our area football coaches from Niles, Brandywine, and Buchanan. As always, let's go to the scoreboard from last Friday night. The Brandywine Bobcats put it all together as they gave the home crowd all that they could ask for for homecoming, senior night, and uh, Hall of Fame night all in one as Brandywine routes Dwajak, four and one Dwajak, mind you, 30 to seven. Bobcats are now two and four on the season. The Niles Vikings, they continue to roll as they blank Vicksburg 50 to nothing. We'll be talking to Coach Scott Shaw here momentarily about that game. The Buchanan Bucks took one on the chin as they went up to Berrien Springs and lose to the Shamrocks as Berrien defeats the Bucks 35-14. Paul Paul gives Edwardsburg probably one of their first shutouts in years. 35 to nothing, Paw Paw over the Eddies. That one, what not so much the outcome of the win or loss, but the shutout is what really, I think, grabbed a lot of people's attention. Gull Lake over Benton Harbor, 27 to 16. It was Coloma over Loy Norix, 20 to 6. Centerville routes Cassopolis, 56 to 8. In somewhat of a shootout, Lakeshore over Lakeview, 56 to 20. It was Portage Northern defeating St. Joe 48-22, and Kalamazoo United over Watervliet 25-6. Those are our scores from around the area here in southwest Michigan. And as normally, first one on the docket for tonight. Hey, first one's here is always the first one interviewed, and that is head coach of the Niles Vikings, Scott Shaw. And coach, um, here lately there are certain uh, certainties in life in Southwest Michigan, death, taxes, and the Niles Vikings scoring 50-plus points a game. Uh, it shortens the game, that's for <laughs> sure. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, fun. Our kids have been uh, having fun, and uh, uh, it's nice to get that many points all the time. It was a beautiful night for football, and I'm sure it was nice to be back home in the friendly confines of Viking Stadium. And I think that we, we talked about this last week, looking ahead to what you have coming up this week. It was kind of... You know, sometimes you maybe think it's a little bit of a possible trap game for you. You know, they're teenagers to keep them focused on the game at hand and Vicksburg. Don't be looking ahead to this week against the Eddies. Concentrate on Vicksburg. And they obviously did that with a 50 to nothing shutout. Yeah, you know, I, I think our kids really like to play. Uh, and they like to play at a high level. And, and, you know, we did talk last year about make our last week about uh, uh, making sure we kept our eggs in one basket and that was the Vicksburg basket and this week would come soon enough but uh, I, w I was really happy with the way our kids approached last last week's game against Vicksburg 
Uh, their focus was on them, and, uh, you know, we really didn't hear anything about Edwardsburg or anything like that until afterwards. And, uh, uh, you know, they, they stayed the course, and they, they played really well. Until your PA announcer starts referring to the team from the east. Team from the east, that's yeah. What I, that's what yeah. I hear that they're being. I got to ask, Coach, you, you came in here tonight, and I love the shirt. It says Nilly Road. Where did that shirt come from? Nilly Road. It. Well, on the back, it's got all the places we played last year. Okay. Uh, because we were on the road for uh, all of our games last year where they were putting our field in. And Matt Brawley, uh, I guess, came up with this. And uh, it's kind of a neat shirt. Yeah. It, it's a little, I mean, obviously, you guys have, have been going on the banner of, of, of burn the boats, mm-hmm. you know, and, mm-hmm. and that's obviously been your guys's, your uh, motto here since you basically since you've gotten here, especially the last two years. But love that. Coach Kinsey has, has embraced the township. Yeah. And, and now you're with, with the Nilly Road. I really like that. Yeah. JV last week, how did we do? Uh, they lost. Uh, a tough one. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's hard for them when we're robbing all their players. You know, we, we still got a lot of sophomores and freshmen who are up with us. So uh, next year, all those kids will be able to be on the same team together, and they'll they'll fare better, I think. With your obviously your recent success um, and, and winning, obviously that intrigues a huge interest in football. Do you think down the road will there be a potential maybe having freshman football back at Niles, where just the freshman team alone? I know a lot of times it's hard to to find the scheduling nowadays uh, for freshman football, but you know because you're basically going to play. If you're going to find anybody that has a freshman team, it's going to be Class A, you know, Division Two, II, Division One through three schools. Yeah. Well, you know what we've been doing, uh, what our focus has been on in our in our uh, uh, conference is we're, we'd like to put together a instead of a JV and freshman schedule, a B and a C team, where you have. Uh, uh, a true okay. Your sub varsity would be your junior guy, or some juniors and sophomores and better freshmen. That would be your better group, and then your C team would be guys who probably wouldn't get much time playing time on a on a JV team. And uh, we're going to talk about that heavy this winter in our, our in our after season uh, meeting, conference meeting, and hopefully that comes to fruition. Uh, our, our freshmen are challenged now simply because we don't have enough for our freshman team. And uh, that's not only here. That's that's oh, a lot that's of every, places everywhere uh, where you have a kid uh, that has played, bef- uh, you know, JV, and and uh, those kids can't break into that lineup. And I think that discourages them. And what we what we're ultimately after is to save three teams and get as many kids on the field as we can. And uh, I think that's a great way to do it. You know, we've all had juniors before that aren't going to be able to get into a uh, varsity game. They're very seldom going to be able – and in our conference, they can't play JV. Uh, there's, a, there's a conference rule that juniors can't go down and play, uh, play on JV. So that, that hinders them a little bit further. So what we're after is to try to get those juniors who aren't going to make a difference on Friday to be able to play on that B team. And then our, our, I would imagine that the C teams for everybody would be uh, a large amount of freshmen. Let's even go lower than that and, and just a little bit how your numbers are at both the, the junior high level and, and Rocket. I know you have uh, Paul DePoy who's running your middle school program. Paul obviously was an assistant for you and, a, you know, diehard Niles guy, teacher there, just a great dude. You couldn't ask really for a better dude to run your middle school program. Right. He's doing a nice job. He's doing a real nice job. He, uh, 
Uh, he's got a lot of kids out. We, we got about, uh, I think we, uh, between the 7th and 8th grade, we had close to between 70 and 80 kids. Uh, and, that, and that's kind of where I was feeding into because I, I, I'm good friends with Paul, and I knew what kind of numbers he had, and that's why I was like, man, you have that number of kids and rolling into their fresh, you know, like eighth grade rolling, yeah. you might have enough to, you know, to form a freshman team again. Right, I, and that's the hope. Uh, for some reason, we're plagued by this attitude uh, of our freshmen, I, and maybe it's been because Niles has been down for a while that a lot of freshmen have been able to come in and play varsity as freshmen. Uh, we had about three kids this this year, uh, and they they knew they weren't going to play varsity, and so they say I'm not going to play because I'm not going to be on varsity. Well, you know, in, in an established program, the way you want it, you want your freshmen to play freshmen. I mean, I want all of our freshmen to play freshmen. I want all of our sophomores to play JV, and then our our, our yeah. varsity be uh, juniors and seniors. Just the way I mean, when, for years in Michigan, that's the way it was, and. We had a lot of kids then, but uh, and the, the number of kids playing football has gone down, so that's changed it a little bit. And then obviously the rocket numbers have got to continue to rise. And, yeah. and you still have Joe Sasano, former head he, coach, he, running yep, it. Yep, and 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 I think those kids are up about a hundred uh, in in all groups. So uh, there's there's a lot of kids playing football now. That's awesome. So. Coming back to your game last week, who were some of – was it your traditional players standing out, or is there, was there other players that maybe stood up that kind of had a night that haven't normally had well, nights before? Well, it was, it was you know, we spread the wealth. I think Julian Means flew well in, uh, uh, Sam Rucker, Talon Brawley, Paul Hess, they all had great games carrying the ball. Uh, and with very few carries, we, we, we figured we had fewer snaps last night or last Friday than we've had uh, in two years. Uh, we didn't have many snaps uh, just because we got, you know, the, we got in that running clock in the second half and we got to 50 really quick, so it never stops. Right. Uh, and uh, it, it went really, really fast. So, uh, But we, we got a lot of young kids in in the game, and uh, I, I think Brandon Hamilton had a, had a tremendous game. Uh, he had five, six decleaters. He had uh, – he's, he's really fast going downfield. Uh you know, I, I would be surprised with him uh, if you were to ask, did he not have a good game? And because and, he, it would be very surprising if he did not. So he, he just, his motor runs all the time. He loves the game, loves to play. And uh, he really wants to play more defense. But right now we're trying to keep, uh, he, he will play defense, but we, uh, especially this, this week. Uh, but we're trying to keep, you know, we're trying to get as many guys on the field as we can, spread the wealth a little bit. Uh, get guys going one way as much as possible. You talk defense. Obviously, everyone talks about Niles and, and all the points that you're scoring. We talk a lot about it here, but I know a lot of it gets – the defense gets overlooked, but how they are playing just as dominating on that side of the ball as uh, your offense is. Oh, and they were really good Friday. Uh, you know, they, they had very few yards until they had one drive in the second half in the fourth quarter. Where the uh, the uh, uh, clock didn't stop, so they, uh, they they they've been playing Alex Cole, Paul Hess, uh, you know those down front Isaiah Moore, uh, Dane Asmus. The guys in the back had a great uh, uh, a great game too. The guys at the defensive backs they defend the pass really well. They kept everything in front of them, and uh, uh, you know we limited them big time. We shut them down. Well, and you shut them out. I mean, yeah. and that's always a, a huge – I don't care who you're playing, especially at your level, 
you know, in, in the Wolverine Conference, you shut a team out, you know, that, that's saying something. And for you guys to continue week in and week out, you know, whether it's a shutout or, or single-digit points, you guys, like I said, are playing just as lights out on defense as you are offense. Yeah, those kids, those kids uh, play with a lot of pride as well. You know, it's, uh, uh, and we've gotten progressively better over the course of three years. Uh, we couldn't stop anybody three years ago. And then uh, we got better that before that year got over. Last year we played pretty well. And this year we've been playing really well. Uh, but that comes with experience. You know, those kids are – a lot of them are back. They've been, they've been there for three years. So, Well, once again, the Vikings roll on as they defeat Vicksburg by the score of 50 to nothing. And now sets the stage to where it's finally here. It's the game that the Niles, your players – your, your school, your students, the entire community have waited for this game ever since the playoff game last year as the Edwards Burgettys come into town for homecoming. Yeah, we, uh, it, it is homecoming. Uh, we talked tonight about uh, having several reasons, uh, homecoming being one of them. But, you know, we, we want to keep our, uh, our goals and, th- and aspirations that we've set for ourselves intact. And uh, to do that, we've got to – We've got to get these guys. And, uh, uh, you know, I think we've got a good, good game plan. I know they're going to come in fired up too. Uh, you, you know, and it's amazing. You know, people talk about the rivalry rivalry with uh, Lakeshore. But I think there's just a bigger one or bigger with, with these guys. So. 100%. Yeah. Especially now being in the same conference. Yeah. You yeah. Know, and, and then you in eliminating Dwajak. You know, from it, I mean, it's, yes. I mean, that is now the game for, for Niles, at least from the, a football standpoint. Yeah. And our kids really thought they could win that playoff game last year. I mean, Absolutely. They, they think they should have, and, I, and I, I do too. And, you know, you take a look at where Edwardsburg went after that game, you know, and our kids think, well, that, we could have gone that. You know, we could have been there. And uh, they were right. And, uh, you know, just being able to, being able to stop something like that, it, it sets you up offensively you know because so we're gonna have to rely on our defense a lot this week I think week one when we talked on the first show you know I asked you when was like the did the program flip the switch I believe you said it was last year's playing well game yeah but I still think you look back to that playoff loss to Edwardsburg was just was a huge springboard into what we're seeing now yeah well it gave us a glimpse of what we could be yes and uh, i think our kids saw it well you know because for so long you know everybody talked about edwardsburg being invincible and you know kids think that but you know coaches been around you know everything is cyclical you know it goes and goes in spurts you know you're you're good for a while then you're not so good for a while and 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 things and uh and really it depends on your kids and what happened is that uh, i think our kids grew up and, uh, you know, they, they heard Edwardsburg that, you know, this sixth – and doggone it, they, uh, they just set the uh, – or they just got beat, but they, they were one game better than three rivers was when I was there. They won 42 conference games in a row, and we had 41. So uh, they got beat two games too late. So uh, – <laughs> uh, but they uh, – you know, our, our kids believe they can beat them. Our kids believe that uh, – uh, they're, they're very confident and not cocky, which is great, what you want to have. So we're six games in, obviously, which means we're two-thirds through the regular season. This is the time where we start dealing with injuries. Seems like you have been pretty healthy. I mean, uh, obviously, you're going to have and, bumps and bruises. And I am pounding on this wood here. So, <laughs> uh, we, we, have, we, have lost, we, we didn't play two guys last week. They could have played. Uh, we didn't play them unless we were going to need them. And, you know, after the first quarter, we, that was pretty apparent. But, uh, 
there they one was an ankle and one was a shoulder and, and uh uh well two ankles so really three guys but uh they we've been fortunate uh we i know our sam rucker broke his pinky and had surgery on it and was able to play at surgery on a tuesday was able to play on friday albeit in a cast but uh uh, he played two games like that, so, and he came back and played offense last week and made a big difference. It makes a big difference on how our offense goes. Edwardsburg, um, obviously new coach Dan Purley, who was on Coach Bartz's staff for the last couple years. I'm, I'm assuming same. we're seeing the same offense. Here comes the, the double tight end straight T. Yep. He hasn't changed much. He's got former Brandywine. Head coach Jim Myers is his offensive coordinator. So, schematically, there's nothing different about the Edwardsburg Eddies. Not really, not really. They like to throw it a little bit more than they did. I think Jimmy gets impatient uh, <laughs> just running that stuff. But uh, uh, they, they run a lot of the stuff that, I mean, everything they did before. He's just throwing it a little bit more. I think we figured out, I'm not a big percentage guy on, on huddle or what, but they, they are throwing it 8% of the time. Last year they were throwing it 2% of the time, so. Still not a great amount, but it's more. So, well, coach, keep it rolling. Uh, wish you guys the best of luck. I, I can't even imagine. I mean, obviously in today's day, it's all electronically. Because I was going to say, Matt Brawley might need to buy an extra roll of admission tickets, but everything's got done online this yeah. year. I really would like to know the number of tickets that are purchasing. I mean, is five thousand? Uh, I don't think it's unrealistic. An insane I mean, guesstimate on how many people are going to. I think there's going to be at least 5,000 people there Friday night. There might be. There might be. Because uh, there's going to be a, a, obviously a boatload of, of blue and gold, but there's going to be a lot of royal blue and orange oh, that yeah. are going to oh, come yeah. to. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, everybody that uh, some of those people from Edwardsburg don't have to go very far. They live across the street from uh, the high school anyway. So uh, we, we, hope to, we hope to get them uh, a big crowd, give, give them something to think about. And uh, I think with, with uh, homecoming, uh, the rivalry there with them, I, I know two years ago when we played them at our place, the place was full. And uh, uh, we had just won what we, I guess we were 2-0. And, uh, uh, you know, it was, it was a great crowd. So I, I expect this to be a pretty big crowd. Well, best of luck to you, and uh, we will talk to you hopefully for another big Niles win here at Wings next Monday. All right. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Coach. So. Coach Scott Shaw of the Niles Vikings. We'll be right back. We'll talk Brandywine football with Coach Justin Kinsey with their big win over Dewajak right after this. When it comes to wings, everyone knows size does matter. No one knows it better than Wings Etc. Grill and Pub in Niles. Wings Etc. has the biggest, meatiest, award-winning jumbo wings in town. Choose from a wide selection of signature wing sauces, including our crazy hot habanero wall sauce. If you love wings and a whole lot more, come to Wings Etc. Niles to watch your favorite sports all year long. Wings Etc. Niles, official game fuel for high school sports. Find us at 2008 South 11th Street in Niles or online at wingsetc.com. We are the RC Sportscasting Podcast, Coach's Corner Edition, live at Wings, etc. As we just got done talking with Coach Scott Shaw, the Niles Vikings, and next up now is the Brandywine football coach, Justin Kinsey, coming off of not only finally putting it all together um, for the season, but at this point in your year and a half, your signature win, I would say, for just, you know, in your short tenure so far, as 4-1 DeWajak comes in to Selge Field and just gets walloped by our Bobcats. As our, our kids put everything together Friday night with a 30-7 to win over the Chieftains. 
Nice. Yeah, it was a, it was a huge one. And again, like I'm not I'm not gonna take credit. Like this was coaching staff, players, just everybody believing. Um, and again, I mean, you guys you guys broadcast our games, and you know, it, it, we've had a lot of really unfortunately time turnovers, and it's never just like oh here's a little turnover, you know, middle of the field. It's always something massively catastrophic or bad snaps. Yeah, it's or- it's always something massively catastrophic, and so. Like, I think we saw for the first time, uh, you know, really, like, this is what the, I mean, this is what you see Niles doing with people. This is what you see, you know, the Warsaws and the Mishawakas of the world doing. Like, just being able to take a team that on paper was a better football team than us and just flummoxing them and frustrating them and getting them outside of their groove. Um, Usually we're the ones that we're, okay, great, we're down two, and now we got to get into things we're uncomfortable with they were in the situation that they were doing things they were uncomfortable with. Um, and it really was, it was just a total team win. Um, and it was just, I mean, that's, that's nothing on me. That's the kids. That's the coaching staff. We just, we, we were able to finally fix those mistakes and, you know, especially just, you know, being such a small school, all of our kids are playing baseball and they got open gym and they got everything going on all year. It just, sometimes it takes us a little while to figure out who belongs where, what the pieces are, you know, what the right, just even the right way to teach things to kids. Um, it, this was just the first time that we were able to kind of get all of those things to click together. Before we, <clears throat> before we go any further, I have to make an apology to one of, not only one of our seniors, but one of our number one seniors. At the beginning of the broadcast, being that it was senior night, I'm going down the roster and I'm, and I'm trying to pay tribute to all of our seniors. And how I passed over number 15, Caden Reith, I have no <coughs> idea. Yeah. His, his dad texted me over the weekend to kind of like clue me in and I'm like oh my god I am such an idiot of course he knew didn't take no offense to it and I was like man I was even down on the field before the game I made sure I hugged all the seniors and thanked them because I've coached all of them at some point in in their time here so I want to go down and pay my respects I even I mean I even gave Caden a big hug and thanked him for everything that he's done and lo and behold, I'm there. How in the world I, I could have skipped him over in the roster? I have no idea. So, Caden, I apologize to him today at practice, but I still want to publicly, you know, it just I know that they're cool with it. It's no big deal, but to me it is because, you know, it was senior night and, and they should get their, you know, their, their own little, you know, whether it's a 15-second spotlight, you know, just with her getting their names mentioned or whatever. But anyway, so, but yeah. what – what a game he had. I mean, we have oh many God. players to talk to, but what yeah. a game he had at quarterback. I mean, honestly, like, it, it, if you were to go back to last year where he was literally our emergency quarterback. Thrown into the he, Wolves, literally. <clears throat> yeah, and all season long, you know, he was basically our tackling dummy. His job was just because he's the tough – I mean, he's a little guy, but he's the toughest kid on that football team. And so his job was just, hey, if we manage to get up by two touchdowns, your job is to – go in and you know we're going to run zone dive and army follow and gold and we're, we're going to run all of our base plays with you and you're going to be the guy taking the beating because we know you can take it and just to see him step into that role like over the course of the offseason it was just like man ah, this, this kid's my quarterback I mean this kid is this kid is my quarterback like this is everything you want in an option quarterback um, I think I forget I, I know I posted the play on Twitter there's one play that he just runs a zone dive follow and just goes right through the pile. And here's this kid who's 5'6", 140 pounds maybe. And he's in this pile of 1,000-plus pounds of Chieftain and Bobcat. And the pile just rolls forward. And as the play is blown dead, he just kind of strolls out of it, dusts himself off, and turns around and walks back and goes back to the huddle. It's like, 
God, this is this might be one of the toughest football players I've ever coached. Um, he is just, and the thing is, like the, the team gets it. Like the team respects him. The team knows, like you know, whatever whatever he does, like we'll follow him anywhere. And he he did. He just had a tremendous game. And you know, again, I know last week I, I talked about how he's calling the plays out there, and it is like I I can put like obviously you know I mean yeah, it's a triple option. I call the plays. But he goes out there and he adjusts based on the front he sees. He adjusts based on what the force player is doing, like just to be able to to put that amount of processing information into his hands, like that's something you don't see in D seven, you know, backwoods, small town football in Niles, Michigan. That's like big city, you know, big high school program football. Um, man, he is he is just he's a, a pleasure to watch and a pleasure to coach for sure. Not to take anything away from the win, because I, and I'm going to back that my upcoming statement up, but Dwajak was without two of their, their best players. One started, but the, the running back, but uh, Bano, I think his name was, but couldn't go. I mean, he, he went like two or three series, couldn't go, but I can care less, even though without that, the way both your offense and defense of lines dominated the line of scrimmage, I don't care if you had... Saquon Barkley back there, the way we dominated their offensive line was <coughs> something that had to be so pleasurable for you. I mean, because as from a coach, putting my coaching hat back on, there's nothing more gratifying that when your, especially your offensive line, can dominate the line of scrimmage because then that opens up. I mean, it's like, oh, man, I can call this. I can call that. I mean, it just it, yeah. it makes you f- – put you into as a coach and a play caller into such more of a comfort zone and calling plays because you have confidence in anything you call yeah and I think you know especially you know and bear in mind you know Carter Sebecki had an unconsciously good game just unbelievably unbelievably good game and even he was so quick to comment like man I you could put anybody back there like the way our offensive line was blocking like I just happened to be the guy lucky enough to play that position um, but they were just, they were, I think that, you know, they've, they've taken offense a little bit to some of the comments they've heard, um, not just on social media, not just from their friends, but even, you know, within our own building, you know, because we've been, you know, out in these, just in these absolute battles with teams that are, you know, bigger than us, more talented than us. I mean, there's no way that we are, I don't think we've played a single team this year that we outsize. Um, and I think that just something snapped and we just, like we got that that commendation from the MHSA about sportsmanship, and I think like we just embraced this idea like okay, like we're done being the good kids. Like let's let's go out there and just spend a game being the bad kids. Let's go out there and let's just be let's physical. Just, let's and just mean. kick somebody's ass. Yeah, and it, it worked. And I know like Charles McLaurin is one that again like Charles McLaurin is one of those guys that you don't hear his name very often. He does his job. He does a nice job. He's a great kid. He's a nice kid. He's just he's not mean. Man, he was mean on Friday night, just putting people on their butts um, and laughing about it. Like as we're you know in the huddle calling plays at timeouts and stuff, you know he's he wants like, hey, I'm, I'm you know, hey, send it my way. I'm gonna put the guy on his butt. It'll be there. Um, it was just it was fun to see like when the light switches start going off and you know again just so much of it was just us shooting ourselves in the foot and then all of a sudden we go out there and we have one or two drives that we go out and produce and it's like all of a sudden you can see these guys like wow this is this is a lot of fun and I know even at halftime you know I got coach Stephen Moore is my quarterback coach and he comes from from South Bend schools and you know I got uh, Rex Pomeranka is out there he's my O-line coach and they're talking to me about hey you know the flats are open they're not respecting the pass and to see the players coming up and they're like just keep running it down their throat 
keep running it down their throat. And it's so funny. Late in the game, I we, we were like I was talking to Caden Reith about you know, hey, we're going to win this thing without attempting a forward pass, and we attempted a forward pass finally, and it was incomplete. And he came off, and the first thing he said is he smacked his hands again. It's like, darn it, we blew the streak for no reason. I know, darn it. Like I almost would have rather just just you know what, let, we'll take the fourth down. You know, change of possession, turnover on downs, just to be able to say we won without attempting a forward pass. But it was it was fun to see the guys like when the the, the light switch kind of went off, and they were like, "Man, this is football in a phone booth. is kind of fun, isn't it?" Wow. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. It was a big night off the gridiron as well. It was homecoming. It was Hall of Fame night, and then obviously senior night. And yeah. You know, before the game when we were honoring our seniors, man, I tell you, you know, I, I went, like I said, I went down to give all of them a hug. And, and man, you come up to number two and number five, I mean, I'm already getting, I'm getting somewhat choked up just yeah. now reminiscing about it. But I saw the emotion in their eyes yeah. and especially, I mean, Brock was, was crying. And, but then to see number two and, and, I mean, I just, I go, my gut just starts churning again for Connor and, you know, and, and what he's had to deal with these last two seasons and not being able to play but the maturity that he's handled it um has just been unbelievable but to, to see him there with his brother and, and and with his mom mike and dad mike and sarah who've just you know they've raised two outstanding kids as all oh, of our parents have yeah. but um you know the way he's handled this has just been unbelievable he, he's handling it better than anybody no, else has. It, it is and i I've, I've told his mom too like it, it's it's embarrassing like it really it, it embarrasses me because he is just He's handled it better. He's more mature about it. Like, I mean, he's I, he's learning. I'm learning more from him than he'll ever learn from me. Um, and it's just like, just to be able to, to have a guy like that affiliated with our program and to have young men like those two in our community, it's just, man, I, they're just, they're such great human beings. Uh, they really are. And, you know, I know even like, you know, when, when he got hurt, you know, we made sure he knew, like, listen, get your crutches and come limp out here into the huddle. Like, you not playing does not make you not our captain. Um, you know, everything we've been through, you know, you all season, all off season long, you have pushed all of these guys. You know, you are a leader on this program, whether you're on the field or not. Everything we do on the field, all of the success we have, you are an absolutely vital part of it. We're, we're, we're no way a two, and I mean, even two wins, we're not a two-win team without the stuff he's put in. Um, so it is, it is, it, it's almost embarrassing just to be like, man, you know, like I call him, I call myself his coach, like, man, I, he's a better human being than I am. He's going to do bigger, better things than I'll ever do. And uh, both of those boys are just incredible, incredible people. The other thing I got that struck, hit me during the senior recognition was when you, and you mentioned Charles McLaurin, he gave almost all of the credit to Big Brother. Yeah. To Phil, who got him out for because if it wasn't for him, he wouldn't even be playing. And, you know, he got him out, what, mid-season? I mean, it, yeah. it was, correct me if I'm wrong, but it wasn't even until like halfway through the season. It was before like week he, six, week seven. Yeah, yeah. yeah. like literally one year ago. So I, that, that, that hit me, too, that, you know, he pretty much, the only person he wanted to thank was, was his big bro. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I, again, I mean, it resonated with me, and again, like, it's, you know, getting to be choked up thinking about it, because again, like, I'm sitting here, I'm a, you know, big, dopey hockey player, I never, you know, I never played football, I got into coaching because my big brother, who, you know, the, the probably, you know, if you count the, the three people, the three men who have been the most influential in my life, my big brother is definitely, you know, number one on those. And the whole reason why I am a football coach is because when South Bend LaSalle was the, the year that they were closing, all the kids, all the coaches bailed, and he kind of got in. You know, the, the head coaching job dropped in his lap, and he was like, "Man, I've got three coaches. Like, I need help. You got to come help me." Uh, and so, I mean, everything, everything that I have today, 
is because of you know my big brother Brian getting me into into football. I mean, I changed my major to education just because of that. And so I just think like the same thing. Like, man, you know, what is Charles's life going to be like twenty years from now? You know, is he going to be you know sitting here with a head headset on talking on a podcast because he's coaching football and it's all because his big brother Phil drug him out and made him come play football? It's it is it, it's really cool to just to 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 see a young man like that and a family like that. And it's just, that's the stuff that makes this small town, you know, Mid- Niles, Michigan, small town football so great. It's just the sense of community and, you know, just the, the it is truly family. I mean, we're all related to each other in this program anyways. Um, but, yeah, just it literally is to see him like he would never be playing football if it weren't for his big brother. And it was just it was a really touching moment. Another senior that we talked about. Uh, we talked about all of them, uh, except for Caden Reith, obviously, in the broadcast. Except for him, yeah. We, we, you know, we, compl- we pass over him Because I, I still think he's like a sophomore. But anyway, um, then we talk about Kevin Roberts yeah. and how tough he has been, you know, through dealing with this high ankle sprain. And, you know, it's every every game we think, okay, he's done for the year, and then he's back. Yep. Oh, he's done. He's hurt again. Oh, he's back. And Terry and I made mention Friday on the broadcast that Kevin's the guy that 15 years from now – or 20 years from now when he's a dad of a teenage boy or teenage girl playing sports and then they get slightly hurt versus injured, he's going to be going, dude, you know, when I was your age, tape that up and get your butt back in the game. You're fine. That's going to be Kevin (coughs) Roberts. He's going to be one of those dads. Yeah. And, you know, the thing is he gets it. Like, he's one of those guys that understands. Like, listen, we said this at the start of the year. I'd love to be – you know, at Ford Field in November playing for a state championship. But he's one of those guys that understands, man, I'm just here to get every – I want to squeeze every drop of high school football out of this year that I possibly can. And he gets it. Like, that's what it's all about with him. And just having a team full of guys like that, that, again, like that's their focus. It isn't about winning and losing. It isn't about getting D1 offers. It isn't about statistics. He just – he wants to play every snap he possibly can. And even when he gets injured, it's just like, hey, let him walk it off. He's fine. He's going to – you know, be really, really sore in about four weeks, but his adrenaline is going to get him through this season, and you know we'll deal we'll deal with all the bangs and bruises in November. Three other seniors that I want to pay tribute to. They have been such a rock on defense. Brock Dye, Josh Petrolia, and Joe Frazier. Them three have just been teeing off on everybody. I mean, along with others, but. To, to signal, you know, to signal out our, and pay tribute to our seniors, those three have been a three-headed monster on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, Brock had that blindside blitz Friday night, just yeah. crushed oh. their quarterback. And Joe had a, you know, and and I got to go back on the offensive side though. I mean, you put Joe in running the ball, and then we get down to the goal line, and then Carter went back. And I'm like, and I even I, I called you out on. It, I even asked you. I was like, dude, why didn't you let Joe score a touchdown? And I'll let you give the answer to that. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously I was trying to get Gavin Schof some touches. I was trying to get Joe some touches, and they were in the huddle, and they're like, man, like, Carter is killing him. Like, you got, like, we don't care. Like, we don't care who scores touchdowns. Like, we just want to get this win. And and I think that, you know, they recognized that Carter was just, I, I mean, he was just out of his mind that evening with the way he was playing. And the guys were just like, listen, Coach, we get what you're doing. We understand. Like, I was trying so hard to get him a touchdown, and they're like, guys, we don't care. We don't care. Just just get it, punch this thing in. Like, we're just happy to be a part of, you know, celebrating with our homies on the sideline. And it was just, it was so cool again to, you know, again, I come from a place where I'm trying to, you know, spread the touches out. And I mean, even like we talked about this a few weeks ago with Brock Dye. 
you know, Brock Dye spent two or three uh, two or three games barely touching the ball, and he just didn't care. He was just happy to be out there putting his body on the line for his teammates. Now he's I, become a legit yeah, offensive weapon. I was the one that had to say, like, dude, no, you don't understand. Like, you need to stop being so selfless, and you need to, like, let me use you more on offense, man. We need you. Uh, but again, they're just th- this group of guys. They get it. They just they just want to be out there balling with their homies. They don't care who scores. They just don't care. They don't. Gavin Schof. Yeah, <laughs> just a beast. He's just a menace. Oh my god. He's a menace. Yeah, he is a terrifying, terrifying human being. Um, and you know, you know that's what we talked and, about. And the this. class clown of the team. I mean, if anybody's oh, yeah. going to keep co- uptight coaches loose, yeah. it's Gavin Schof. I mean, he has the best personality. <laughs> Yeah. Sometimes you want to just knock him upside the head, but then two seconds later you're giving him a hug. Yeah, I know I love him to death, and I know even like Coach Coach Pomeranka, same boat. We're, I, oh. I turned him. We're in the and homecoming. Nobody will get under Coach oh. Peaskin more than Gavin will. We're in the homecoming parade driving the truck, and I look at Coach Pomeranka, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna be like, I'm gonna be really sad when these guys go, but at the same time, he's like, yep, nope, I know what you mean. Like they bully us so bad. Oh my god. Like, now the big thing is they make jokes about me being bald. And, like, I've you know me, I, I pop, like, 20 cough drops per hour yes, you on do. the sideline. It's, yes, it, you it's do. an allergy thing. They could make fun of me <laughs> on the sideline. Like, come on, guys. Like, can you not bully me for just two minutes? But, I mean, I know if, if they're not bullying you, you're not doing something right. That's just the way this generation is. And I, I roll with it. I'm pretty I'm pretty, pretty loose with it. Carter Sebecki. Um, yeah. I think last Friday's game was definitely one that, um, I think that's I mean, he's already getting noticed, but I, I guarantee you, there's now a lot more college coaches now are going to be looking at yeah. Mr. Sebecki after his performance on Friday night. Yeah, and I think what's wild is um, you know we had a uh, uh, he went to that MHSAA camp up at uh, I forget what school it was even up by Grand Rapids, and I you know we went up there with the MHSAA, and you know he did he he got a couple of people noticed him. He is he's just he's. I mean, he's a guy. Why would you not want that guy on your football team? And on top of everything else, like, I keep tweeting out his highlights. It's like, coaches, reminder, I know all of these D3 NAIA schools, like, right now they're recruiting guys that are going to keep them employed for the next 12 months. They're not looking for juniors right now. But I, I keep telling Carter, like, listen, dude, like, I'm getting emails. I'm getting messages on on, on Instagram or on Twitter. Uh, like, listen, as soon as that, that recruiting cycle turns over and it's your turn, like, you are going to become a very popular individual very, very quickly. Um, just because he is just, I mean, my God, my goodness, why wouldn't you want him on your team? And he's got a 4.0 GPA. Like, it's going to be real easy for colleges to financially get you in the door. Um, but, yeah, he's he has been just such a menace on both sides of the ball. Late in, late in the game, that one play on our sideline, the kid cuts back. And we, we always preach, spill it and kill it, and if they cut back, make them regret it. That kid planted his foot to cut back and just got spilled biked into the ground and I think too like that to me like as a coach was such a proud moment because as soon as the hit was over he got up and he came over and he showboated a little bit but it was to us on the sideline and I preach that don't talk trash to your opponent find somebody wearing black and maroon and celebrate with them and he did it and again it was just it, it was such a moment you know it's an emotional game I want him to have fun but I mean, in that moment for him to step up and come right over to the sideline and start talking smack with us on the sideline it was just like, he has so much fun out there. Well, as soon as the, we wrapped up our broadcast, I put myself back on your coaching staff in the locker room because I went into the coach's office, went into the storage room, and I found the hammer. And I, I said, I know I'm not your coach anymore, but 
that hit deserves yeah. the hammer back, and so I gave it to him. Yeah, we unretired the hammer, very <laughs> deservedly so. I don't know where that thing went. It was gone for like eight months, and it just turned up out of nowhere. Yeah, I don't know. So a huge win. Everything yep. was together, and it's obviously is one of the nights that you want to bottle up um, what you guys did on Friday for the remainder of the season because yep. – if you do bottle that up, you can run the table, and obviously that gets us. <coughs> we are still in the playoff hunt, but it's got to start this week, yeah. and it's not going. This is going to be pound for pound one of our toughest tests of the year. No disrespect to the gentleman sitting right next to you, yeah. that was a tough enough challenge the way it is, and we came up short on that one. But to go up, not only to play Benton Harbor, but to play at Benton Harbor is just—it's a whole. And Coach Fry can can attest to it. It's. That's what we're going to face for the second year in a row. we got to go up and play the Tigers at Benton Harbor. What do they got this year? Well, I mean, that quarterback, holy cow, he is, I mean, he is a man among boys out there. He is very fast. He's very agile. And, man, he just, just casually flicks his wrist and slings 40-yard passes all over the place. Uh, we definitely have to game plan around that and make sure that, you know what, like you might beat us, but you're not going to beat us with him. We have to take him out of the game for sure. Uh, just like just like with, with Dwajek, you know, we have to be sure tacklers. We've got to make sure we know our assignments. Uh, you know, he is a quarterback that if we blow a coverage, uh, you know, he's, he'll find it. He'll, he'll, he'll exploit it. So, uh, I mean, aside, besides that, you know, they're very athletic. They're big. Uh, they got a really, really good line. Uh, I don't know that they – they're not necessarily the best movers, but they're strong. And, of course, you know, we're a little undersized, so that definitely doesn't doesn't bode well. Um, but, yeah, it's definitely – our big thing has got to be, like, like again, as talented as that kid is, we kept preaching. Like, hey, he can't hurt us on the be- – uh, as long as he's on the bench, he can't hurt us. So or if, or can, if he's on the ground. So, yeah. I mean, I, I'm seeing Mr. Petrolia, Mr. Shof, yeah. Mr. Brock Dye, Mr. Sebecki just in his face all night long. That's yeah. how you can negate his what he can do to you with his arm is make sure he's on. He can't throw if he's on his backside. Yep, those are the two options. He's either got to be on his back or with his butt right on that aluminum bench on the sideline while our offense grinds out nine-minute drives. That'll be uh, yeah. That's that's definitely the key to victory here. So before we go, uh, obviously breaking news. This just in. This just in, indeed. Uh, we do have football news as far as week nine goes, coach. Yeah, that's correct. So, you know, we tell these guys all the time, you know, again, listen, like, obviously, you know, we're thinking playoffs, you know, we want to try to get some playoff points, you know, beating a, you know, taking forfeit points from a division six team versus going up on the road and playing a D four team. But, you know, I I did, I I pulled all the seniors and honorary seniors over and I gave them the option. I was like, listen, like worst case scenario, let's say something happens and the cards don't fall our way and we don't make playoffs. Like, you know, you only have X amount of high school football games in your life. And so for guys like Carter Sebecki, you know, I, I want to get you another game, another another couple of touches. You know, for guys, those, you know, those freshmen and sophomores, for the Caden Warfields of the world, I need to get you guys more experience. But then at the same time, like seniors, listen, if we're going to, you know, if we're going to not make playoffs, I don't want you to be sitting at home watching the scores on Instagram, waiting to see what your fate is. Like, let's at least go down swinging. Let's at least have the, the ability to control our own fate. And, man, you know, you only get so many of these. Like, any day that we can put those pads on and go hit somebody with your homies in the, the maroon and white jerseys, yeah. you know, just we, we knew if we could find a game that was fair. You know, there were, there were some Division One teams that were out there looking. It's like, listen, I'm not going to drive three hours on a bus to get beat by 50 
50 points. Uh, we were looking for anybody that we could find that's a competitive game. Um, and obviously, you know, Godwin Heights is a, you know, they're, they're athletic. They're, they're big. They're very, very big. They've got some good size on that team. Um, but again, they're a Division Four team, and on paper, a Division Four team should not lose to a Division Seven team. I don't care if you're five and one and one and five; that's a bigger school. They've got more players, they've got more resources. Uh, it's going to be a task for us. But you know, I've always said to these guys, I'll put you on a bus and take you anywhere, anytime, and put you on a field, and I'll, I'll ride with you. And you know, this was my opportunity to to put put my money where my mouth was, and. Uh, that we're definitely we're at least you know we're at least going to get a ninth game now. So hey, even if we don't make the playoffs, we're at least going to get to play nine games this year. You sent out a, an email to all of the staff, and and I appreciate you you even including you know asking me personally you yeah. know my thoughts on it, and, and that's I, I said I go coach regardless of in my opinion regardless of playoff ramifications, you know I think we owe those seniors you know if they, that gives yeah. them another game to play because they were not going to be if we take the forfeit route over Hartford seniors aren't playing week nine yeah yes they might still be able to get you know week 10 but to guarantee them yeah. a, a ninth game I think you know that was my comment to, to you in, the, in yeah. the email was that we owe them that oh absolutely that's that's you know that, that's kind of where I was at and that's what I told them even as I listened like from like the the logistical strategical standpoint I was like maybe it's smarter to just you know roll the dice and, and rely on we're going to beat Benton Harbor we're going to beat Coloma and we'll take the four foot points but man right. I don't know I, I want to play football like yeah. I'm not in this business because I'm trying to back into playoffs I'm yep. in this business because I, I want to play and football you said it too to even not only seniors you're giving all the underclassmen yeah. to one more game you know yeah. that just like when you go to college you know when you know when you get like the six and sixes, you know, like, well, is it really worth going to the to oh, the absolutely. to the Mazda, you know, Philadelphia yeah. Freedom Bowl game? Yes, because that gives you an extra month of practice and another game to become a better football player. But regardless, everything starts this Friday. I mean, it doesn't, you know, first things for we have to take care of business on Friday night, yeah. and it will not be no easy task because it'll be a very tough game. No. Uh, but we'll travel up there to Benton Harbor to take on the Tigers. And uh, best of luck to you. I appreciate and, uh, that. We will be up there. We'll make the road trip. Game time, 7 o'clock. We'll have pregame at 6.45 right here on rcsportscasting.com. Once again, Coach, congratulations on the big win last Friday. Congratulations to your players and your staff. And uh, let, let's let's keep it rolling. Let's bottle that up and let, let's let's run the table. Yeah, absolutely. Again, that's that. You know, don't don't congratulate me. I just coach them. I just show up with a tie and a clipboard and do my thing. That's that's the players. That's my staff. That that's on those guys entirely. And that was just a, a bunch of guys that that love each other and a bunch of underclassmen that refuse to allow those seniors to to you know go into the night without a victory at home. So I, it's all on them. And I love the hell out of those kids for doing it. All right, go cats. Absolutely, go cats. Go Coach Justin Kinsey of the Brandywine Bobcats. Coming up next, Coach Mark Fry of the Buchanan Bucks right here on Coach's Corner live at Wings Etc. when we come back. When it comes to wings, everyone knows size does matter. No one knows it better than Wings Etc. Grill and Pub in Niles. Wings Etc. has the biggest, meatiest, award-winning jumbo wings in town. Choose from a wide selection of signature wing sauces, including our crazy hot habanero wall sauce. If you love wings and a whole lot more, come to Wings Etc. Niles to watch your favorite sports all year long. Wings Etc. Niles, official game fuel for high school sports. Find us at 2008 South 11th Street in Niles or online at wingsetc.com. And we are back live at Wings, etc. for Coach's Corner as uh, everybody getting ready for Monday night football. The New York Giants taking on the Seattle Seahawks. 
in tonight, and it's a packed house here at Wings. Once again, we always want to thank Jeremy and his staff for taking good care of us, uh, for really the the home of Niles Township as far as sports bars go. And joining us now is the head coach of the Buchanan Bucks. We did not get a chance to talk to him last week um, and, and talking about the win over Brandywine the week before because you had to be Mr. Dad last week. So first off, I guess we'll – We'll start out with a positive, uh, you know, just a real quick recap of the win over Brandywine two weeks ago. Yeah, it was a great night, great competition. I thought, you know, just another classic rivalry game for us. Um, both teams fought to the very end, and, you know, I thought it was a great night. I thought the respect level was high between both teams as well. I, I would totally agree with you on that, yes. I mean, it was, it was a great game to call. Um, the atmosphere, obviously, you know, Buchanan does a phenomenal job with, with um, home games and just the spirit. And you said it, too. You know, it really hit me on week one of our show about the town. You know, it's one town, one school, and it has, I mean, and when, it's, when you factor in, it's a small town community where everybody knows everybody. It just adds that much. And then when you factor in, then when you topple in, that rivalry games like that, it just makes it even more special. Oh, yeah, it was a huge crowd, and, you know, the, it was their youth night, so we had a, like 100 of little kids out there. It was a great night for the Bucks. So we fast-forward to last week, and, and unfortunately it was not a good night for the Buchanan Bucks as you go to Berrien to take on the Shamrocks and, and lose 35-14. to 14. Um, Obviously, for, I don't know what it is, but we, we have a hard time of getting, like, updates on your games. Um, was it a matter of the, the, did you get bit by the turnover bug? Was, I mean, was it, a, was it just a, was it kind of like what we saw with Brandywine? They just, Barring just had a, had a night where everything went together against you guys and everything went wrong. To Kind of give us a, 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 a synopsis of, of what you thought went down Friday. Yeah, I mean, they're a talented team. Um, I think, you know, you look at a little bit of everything there. We had three turnovers in the first three series. Uh, first one was, it was a mistake. We knew that. The second one, we botched a trick play that was wide open in the end zone and fumbled it. And then the third one was a fake punt that went awry because we threw it short. So we went for some gambles, and it cost us, but we fought back. Our quarterback played a phenomenal game through for like 225 yards, broke the completion record for us, and really got us back in the game as close as we could. It just seemed like every time we scored, then they'd get another one, and, and we fell short. So, I may mention last week, uh, seeing your quarterback for the first time uh, with my own eyes last week, or two weeks ago against Brandywine, you do have a very special young man throwing the football. Yeah, Jake's doing a great job. Um, you know, kind of came in under the radar. Everyone thought, you know, it's just going to be a new guy and he's going to have to learn the ropes. But Jake's really stepped in and pretty sure he's leading the area in throwing and almost about to break 1,000 yards on the season, and he's doing a great job. How did we do in the lower levels last week with JV? <laughs> the JV game was a barn burner. They, we lost 2-0. to zero. It was a snap into the end zone on a punt. Oh, so it wasn't a forfeit? No, it was a, it was a defensive battle all night long. Are you serious? A two to nothing final? Have you ever seen anything? I don't think I've ever seen that. I have not seen it live. No, that's crazy. That is crazy. Um, obviously, too. I mean, we talked with the the rivalry with Brandywine. There's still a pretty good rivalry with Berrien Spring. I mean, Buchanan and Berrien have been going at it for a lot. Of, I mean, just almost as many years as, as they have been with Brandywine. That's kind of in its own unique rivalry too. 
Yeah, it's, I mean, just right around the corner, you know, you just drive north and it's right there. And, you know, I feel like we look at it as like the big brothers got all the, the bells and whistles. So we're kind of, you know, sour about that. And they look at it as like we can't lose to little brother. So there's definitely a little bit of a rivalry there. Um, their kids were geared up. I mean, even after the game, you heard them saying like not this year and stuff like that. So I don't know what we did the year before, but obviously we spoiled their perfect season last year, and they were pretty wound up for us. So they were was it homecoming for them last yeah. last week? Yeah, and they, and they do it right too. I mean, mm -hmm. that another uh, once again, one town, one school that their community really uh, obviously backs uh, their high school, which is oh, and I'm, I've always had the utmost respect for Barron. I know with Brandywine normally we. we we have a lot of L's against them in a lot of different sports, and that's just a credit to them. But still, they've always been very respectful. I've always enjoyed going there, whether as a coach or a broadcaster. It's a, it's a great environment. It's a great school. And, and as you said, they're, they're adding on facilities. Obviously, they have the new football facility that was, you know, um, a couple years ago. Now they have the new gym. So, I mean, things are definitely rolling. Um, yeah, and, and they're well coached too. I mean, when you look at it, you know, the guys do the little things right. And so when you don't play to your 100%, uh, it's noticeable. And so, you know, we're going to have to bounce back this week from that game, and we're excited for this week's challenge. I, I forgot to mention uh, to Coach Kinsey, my apologies to asking about the younger levels. Um, how is your younger levels sub-high school, like with middle school and Rocket going as far as more or less, like, first and foremost for numbers. Oh, very healthy. Our middle school between 7th and 8th, I think, is 60 kids. And then our youth, right now, majors, 5, 6th, are um, also about 60 kids. So we're really excited about that. Um, you know, even below that, the minors and the flag are both strong and full. And you know, we had about 100 kids at our youth camp. So football is not going anywhere in Buchanan. We just got to make sure our kids get in the weight room. So what you're saying is no eight mans in the in the future for Buchanan Bucks. Not for Buchanan. <laughs> it's but I noticed it's making our scheduling harder and Frank, harder in our area. Frank Mucha would come out of his grave. Right. God rest his soul if, if Buchanan never went to eight man football. Yeah. No. We we have a nice schedule and we have good uh, like I said competitive programs below us. So we're excited about the future at Buchanan. You are now assistant principal. Yeah. That is your title. Um, has there been, not that you're, I'm not saying that like Memorial Field needs an upgrade, but I mean, is there, you see so many schools now, um, you know, changing to, to the natural tur the, the turf, mm -hmm. turf grass. Is that been at least talked about or looked at? Yeah, I mean, we I mean, I know Brandywine's, I think it's in the very near future for Brandywine. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm not, I don't want you to, like, if it's a no, we went for it. No, we went for it in the bond last year and didn't get it. And, uh, you know, a lot of people are like, why do you need it? If you look at our place, our practice facility is 30 oh. square yards behind the away bleachers. So, yes. And we're not really supposed to be practicing on the baseball field. So when you look at it, it's like, okay, where do we practice? And so we went for it, uh, didn't get that. So now it's up to me to go, you know, looking for donations and big businesses to help us out. Um, but like I said, if there's ever a program that needed it, it's probably us because we're on a hill, things are eroding, you know, we just fixed a pot, not a pothole, but a sinkhole in the middle of the field. So there's a lot of things that would be beneficial if we had a turf. Well, field. and like any school, and, and like when we talk with Brandywine, and I was even invited into a, like a workshop session with the school board and the committee, um, you know, when you look at brain, like how popular and how successful now the Brandywine band has got, I know Buchanan's, you guys have got a great band over there. I mean, not only does it improve, obviously, your football 
facility for your football team. But now you're also you you include the soccer team. You can play your you can play all your soccer games on that, and then band. You can band can practice. There's no more like practicing out on the parking lot or painting goal you know yard lines on a parking lot that sometimes you see. Um, you know it involves that, and then it even also allows you to you know even if if your band is success, have competitions right. at your school. And then I mean any opportunity that you have as a school to bring as many people in in a band competition. I mean, what other – there are not too many venues other than a band competition where you can have so many multiple schools and communities coming into yours to showcase what you have to offer in Buchanan. Yeah, no, that was one of the selling points I tried to drive home is that it wasn't just for football. I think when I did the math, it was like 87% of our student population could use it in some fashion, whether it was spring sports when it's mashy on the field just to throw soft toss out there. You know, with track and field, band, especially, you know, competitions out there. Band competitions make a lot of money. Yes. People don't talk about that. They buy one really big trophy, and then everything else is going yeah. to the program. So it's a it's a definite money maker and can save you money long term, but you got to pay that upfront cost, which is big and scary. To go back to the game last week, um, even though a tough loss and only 14 points, do we have a – was there a Redbud Fitness player of the game that kind of stood out? Yeah, I think uh, we were, we were going to give it to either Jake or Nico. We gave it to Nico once, so I think we'll give it to Jake this time. Um, like I said, before half, we drove like an 80-yard drive with a minute and a half left, and we scored with three seconds left in the half. So uh, it was a heck of a drive to see them put it together. And, again, you know, I think if we don't turn it over three times, we hit that trick play, you never know what could happen. I mean, a whole momentum change on homecoming night. Looking ahead now to this week, um, on the road for the last road game of the regular season. Mm -hmm. um, don't want. I still feel that you guys are, are going to be playoff eligible when it's all said and done. Um, you travel to Bronson, take on the Vikings. That's one program that, in all my years from coaching and broadcasting, that's been one roller coaster of a program. There's seems like one year they're solid, and mm -hmm. they, you know they'll. You better strap it up because they're going to bring it. And then the very next year. You know, they're, they're struggling to, to even put any points on the board. What did the Vikings bring this year? Uh, you know, being that we're 3-3, three and three, we can't really count out anybody at this point. And um, they have some things they do really well, and then they do some things that are very unique. It looks like they're running like a 2-5-4 defense. Uh, so I've never seen that. So it's kind of been a little challenging to kind of come up with, like, ways to attack this. Um, but, you know, offensively, they don't do a whole lot of, you know, finagling. They don't do a lot of pulling. It's kind of downhill right at you. So um, I think we'll be better off fit in that than we did last week. So we're hoping to do some good things. What do they bring to you offensively? They bring a, an eye just like we saw last week, but they don't pull anybody. So that's the big difference. You know, they're just coming straight at the hole that it's open. If you fill it and they the fill old, it, whoever wins, wins. The old offense of the 1980s. I love it. Mm -hmm. The old eye formation. Yep. Last week, obviously, you weren't here. Being uh, had to be Mr. Dad. As you, as, as, a, as a young dad with young kids, how, how much of a challenge is it for you as a football coach like to get like the, the study, the, the huddle time, the film time? I mean, because obviously when you're home and, and, and mama's going to like, hey, you, you need to how, – how has it been trying to balance that? Well, I have a great staff who handles their responsibilities really well. Um, I obviously have my responsibilities in the film as well and just to watch it over and over and over. But 
Um, I, I do most of mine at night. You know, when the kids are in bed, when the wife's going to bed, I stay up super late. I burn candles on both ends, unfortunately, in the season, but that's just the stage of life we're in. Yes. Um, so managing time efficiently, you know, Saturday film, make sure that we got it from the other opponent as soon as we can so I can work on it when I'm at football and, and then, then handle that at night when you're watching the Irish or someone else. Not to put any pressure on you for to answer this, but we talk about Red Bud Fitness, players of the game, but I think also a, a, a non-player that needs MVP would be your wife. I mm-hmm. mean, for what, and, and I know as a coach, I mean, what a, a football wife sacrifices, especially during the season. Absolutely. Uh, and especially when, you ha- when young kids are, when you're still trying to raise young kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, she's got to carry such a, a workload because you got to dedicate so much time to this. You know, you know, my wife, Rachel, does a great job, and she really takes care of our household, and I really appreciate everything she does. Uh, this weekend was a wild weekend because she was actually out of town in Boston, so I had all three kids and doing football, so a little I'm unique. I'm sure she loved every second yeah, of I it. got a little more sleep probably, but um, my parents are in town, so it's, it's nice to call on some help here and there if you need it, and like I said, I, I think the biggest thing that I appreciate is that my f- my fans, my parents of my program recognize that sacrifice as well, and and they do nice things for her after the season. They take care of her a little bit. Well, best of luck to you this week, to Bronson. Get back on the win board, uh, real quick. I mean, I know that you're as as a coach, you you got to zone in, you got to take one game at a time. But have you looked at playoff standings and where you're at and what you need to do to you know to guarantee playoffs? Yeah, I think everybody kind of keeps an eye on things just to make sure they see where you're headed. Um, it's unique that we we're, we beat Kent City and it's their only loss, so they're actually in our district. Uh, should we make it that far? Obviously, all roads go through Constantine, um, and it's never going to change because we're both in the thick of D6. Yep. Um, but we got to take care of things on our end. You know, it's it's you know Bronson. You know, if you can win that one, get on a roll. Uh, try to fight hard with Dewajek and then finish up the season with Union City. It's too bad you don't have Dwajak this week because they're going to be without their quarterback because yeah, he got he saw that. let his temper get the best of him and got ejected uh, against the Bobcats. So they're going to be without their quarterback against Berrien this week. So uh, one week too late for you, but regardless. Yep. And, I, you know, just the way the conference shook out too, I think our kids realized, like, man, if we didn't stub our toe last week, we could still be fighting for a conference championship. So – you know, you live and you learn, and, and our guys are going to have to fight back this week and at least finish in the middle of the pack of that so that way they can get in the playoffs. Well, best of luck to you, and we will see you here next week talking about a Bucks win. Appreciate you. Coach Mark Fry of the Buchanan Bucks. That's going to wrap things up here for Coach's Corner at Wings, etc. Once again, thank you to Jeremy and all of his staff as we will be back once again. Uh, game schedules for this week. Brandywine will be on the road taking on Benton Harbor. We'll have that game for you on rcsportscasting.com. The Niles Vikings will be at home with the game as they'll be hosting the Edwardsburg Eddies. Um, We'll have Andy Stuver and Bob Birch covering all the action for that game with also pregame at 645 on rcsportscasting.com. And Buchanan, they will be on the road to take on the Bronson Vikings, and we will talk about all three of those games next week here on Coach's Corner at Wings, etc. Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you next week. For the best in high school sports, RC Sportscasting.